What is up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Tackling the Gridiron. I'm Michael Griswold, and today we're going to be talking about a couple things. It's going to be a little shorter episode. We're going to start off with a big trade with J.J. Watt. We're going to talk about the L.A. Rams and that trade a little bit and the Detroit Lions. Then we're going to talk about Russell Wilson, where he might go, what he might do. Nobody knows. And then we're going to talk about a little bit of college football, not really the big college football, but more of FCS, lower-level Division One football. So without further ado, let's get it going. All right, let's get right into it with the J.J. Watt trade. J.J. Watt, one of my favorite players. He is unreal on the defensive side of the ball. He's just agreed to a deal with the Arizona Cardinals, a two-year, $31 million with $23 million guaranteed. Now, nobody really knows quite yet if that's confirmed, but that's reported by multiple sources, so I'm pretty sure it's correct. So he was released by the Texans after a requested release because, you know, that organization is a train wreck right now. Deshaun Watson wants out. Uh, J.J. Watt just left. I mean two players that could be franchise-level players who J.J. Watt should have been a franchise-level player with the way he was performing for that city. And Deshaun Watson has just been treated like garbage. And not to get too into it, but uh, the Texans just not going in the right direction at all. With their organization not having Deshaun Watson around for the new head coaching position, he wasn't even there for the for like the decision that's ridiculous he's their franchise quarterback well not anymore you just lost him that's a guy that you want at quarterback every week so and that, that's another thing they didn't treat J.J. Watt the way he should be treated you know he they weren't there to win and he I don't know if everyone heard or they saw but if you haven't watched that interview about of J.J. Watt after the game about uh competing and just trying your hardest every week because that's something every football player and every football fan loves to see. It's just an unreal interview, and it's sad because you know he's been putting his heart and soul into that city for his whole career. His entire career here is there. He's been, you know, he's been putting everything on the line for the past ten years. He's played there for ten years, and he gets treated like that. They don't even want to win. One thing that is really awesome, he's reunited with DeAndre Hopkins. Now, DeAndre Hopkins played for the Houston Texans and now is playing for the Cardinals. So it's a similar thing where, you know, there's two teammates together and the dynamic, even though they're on the opposite side of the ball, the dynamic is going to go up because that's two great players. DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best on the offensive side of the ball, and J.J. Watt, one of the best on the defensive side of the ball. You really can't get much better than that. Two great players and great friends. You know, not even just teammates. They're friends. They've played together. They've worked hard together. They've won together. They've lost together. And now getting on with Kyler Murray, a young quarterback on the offensive side, now that gives him more, I guess, more motivation to play well. He's got veterans on this team. He's got players who have been in high places. He's got players who have been in low places. What else can you do? you got to perform. Kyler Murray has no other choice but to perform now, and it'll be awesome to see what he does. Now, J.J. Watt is second 
in the league since he has entered the league or since 2012 yeah 2012 with 95 and a half sacks and you know who like are you gonna guess who's number one that's right Chandler Chandler Jones who leads the NFL in sacks with 97 now that is a quarterback's nightmare these two on the same team is just gonna be is gonna make their life living hell every Sunday for the teams that have to play them twice a week, I feel terrible for them. With the Rams, the card or the Rams, the Seahawks, and the 49ers. Oh my gosh, you the quarterbacks must be terrified. You know, uh Russell Wilson's gonna pray to get out of there now. And the only problem with that is that JJ Watt hasn't played a he's played two full seasons since 2015. Two 16 game seasons. That's a little troublesome, a little worrisome because, you know, as the Cardinals, you want him to be on the field every play. He should be rushing the quarterback every play. That's what he does. He's the best at it. I think he's the best defensive rush in the defensive pass rusher in the best of the, in the game. And with him and Chandler Jones on either side, just forcing the tackles, I don't think there's two tackles on each team that can stop them. So that's going to be very fun to watch. And I, I know the projections said they didn't go up that much by like Super Bowl percentage or playoff percentage. I think they went up with in their odds to win their division maybe, to win that NFC West division, but I'm not sure if anything else went up, which is crazy to me. Because I know it's like, oh, one player's not going to do a lot, but I think he's just going to add more dynamic. He's just got more dynamic to an already young and dynamic team that's been performing very well. So I'm very excited about that. And just to go over J.J. Watt's career so far, NFL Defensive Player of the Year three straight years in a row. He's one of three players to even win the award three times, let alone three times in a row, which I believe he should have won it this year. That's just a personal opinion. I think with his injuries and with the way he worked and with the way he was disrespected, he should have been Defensive Player of the Year. I know that doesn't go into it. You know, that really it really means nothing, but... From a football fan point of view, he should have been the defensive player of the year. Now, he has gotten five Pro Bowl selections. He is a five-time first-team All-Pro with 101 career sacks. And like I said, only two seasons since 2015. He was drafted in 2011. Only it's two full seasons since 2015, and he is uh, he has 101 career sacks leading the Texans organization. He's leading them, the history of the Texans. He's leading them. And this is, I just I just feel like it's so disrespectful to just let him walk like that. I know also it's respectful to let him walk because you know he's not happy. You know he wants to be out. He wants to win. And the Texans organization just didn't seem like they even wanted to win games. So in a way, it's disrespect and respect. During the season, it was disrespect. Letting him go, it was respectful. But um, so leading up to the trade, I know everyone who loves football is following this because he was saying teams like maybe the bills maybe the titans maybe the browns maybe the steelers all those teams would have been insane the bills one of the best defenses in the league the titans also a very good def- defense the browns a young team with you know miles garrett on one side they got like olivier vernon and there's a bunch of big dudes rushing the quarterback and him getting thrown into that mix would have been terrifying and the Steelers with his brother. So that would have been also cool, but I 
I don't know. I think I don't like brothers on a team. I don't. It's weird, but I don't like it. A bunch of people are probably like, "That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard." You gotta love siblings on a team. I just don't like it. I think it's more fun when they compete against each other. That's like really funny to watch when they like fight and do all that fun stuff. Um, but so yeah, like I was saying before, the NFC West now is super complicated. Well, not super complicated, but it is in a sense that. I feel like these teams have been trading around and there's just so much drama just right in this uh, division that it's just going to be fun to watch. Uh, yeah, the Rams just traded for Matt Stafford, gave up way too much in my opinion. A, tw- a 2022 and 2023 first round pick, which that's a lot. Matt Stafford's, I think, on the back, back half of his career. Sorry, let's keep 2021 third round pick and Jared Goff. That is way too much. I think Jared Goff right now, him and Matt Stafford kind of compare. There, I wouldn't say one is overwhelmingly better than the other, but I think right now Jared Goff might be the better quarterback. So I I think the Lions lost this trade, or I mean, the uh, the Rams. No, the Rams lost this trade. They gave up way too much, even though they gave up Jared Goff, who's better, and they just got Matt Stafford, who's on the back half of his career. Even though now it's going to be interesting because Stafford played some of his best football with Calvin Johnson and, you know, Megatron, you know, big big guy, could catch the ball. Now he's got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, all these guys who, who have just performed and have been very good receiving crew for Jared Goff when Jared Goff hasn't been playing that good. So that's one team in the, in uh, the NFC West that is going to be affected by this trade because now they have Matt Stafford coming in, who is just going to get demolished. Like he's going to be learning the system. He's going to be learning everything about the, uh, about the Rams organization. And on top of that, He's just going to have to worry about two times a year about just getting absolutely smothered by J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. And just it's just going to be terrifying because now the Rams have no clue if that trade meant anything. I mean, it did, but, you know, they it's, it's just different, you know. So going on with that division is Russell Wilson you don't know where he's going to go you know if he's going to be there and maybe this will influence his decision he doesn't want to play these two powerhouse uh defensive ends and edge rushers at two times a year he doesn't want to risk that he's getting older he doesn't want to get injured so he released something uh saying like his top four teams and I believe it was the Cowboys Raiders Bears and the Saints now a couple of those teams make sense the Cowboys, I think that makes sense. You know, I'm a Giants fan, so this is kind of like a bad talking point for me. But Russell Wilson on the Cowboys, I think would add a certain dynamic. And Jerry Jones, I could see him pulling that trigger. He's a guy who plays off a whim, and he's like, oh, this looks amazing. Let's do it. The only thing is I respect Dak Prescott so much, and I am I feel bad for him because this injury might have hurt his hurt his career in a gigantic way now the cowboys have the 10th overall pick and if they get rid of dak you know trade him release him whatever they do they could free up a lot of cal- uh salary cap space and they could build around russell wilson who uh you can argue is in the back half of his career but is still playing very good football 
you know, he is up there. He's producing. He's. It's not like he's an old timer who's like, he's just wearing off, you know. He's not really playing that hard. So the Cowboys, definitely a contender for Russell Wilson. And I don't know how Cowboy fans would feel about this because they've been riding about giving Dak enough money and making giving Dak what he wants and everything like that. So you, I really don't know what Cowboy fans will say about this. Maybe... My friend who's a Cowboy fan will love it. Maybe he'll hate it. I really don't know. It's an interesting scenario because if I was a... As a Giants fan, I know... I just think that throwing in a quarterback who's had a whole career in Seattle, a an impressive career, Hall of Fame-level career in one place, and then just throwing him into your system, it might not work. It might not work that well. I've, You know, you've seen it before. It just might not work. So another team is the Raiders, and the Raiders desperately need a quarterback. They desperately need a quarterback. I have not seen a good Raiders quarterback in a very long time. Um, and and in that division, they need to compete with good quarterbacks. You know, with Mahomes, Herbert. You know, they're be, they're going to be dealing with them for a very long time too. Mahomes isn't going anywhere. Herbert's not going anywhere. Two franchise quarterbacks that are just going to be terrorizing them. So you need to combat fire with fire and get uh get Russell Wilson on the Niners and Gruden needs you know he needs something to help him out he's not made good decisions uh being the head coach and he just needs something to get his spirits back up get his PR back up get everything you know get everything going in his direction rather than everyone blaming him he gave up Von Miller he's giving up all these players for no reason he drafted Henry Ruggs who ended up not being that great he had a kind of bust season as a very good college player but it's not really his fault you never know what's going to happen but I think this I think they should pick him up I really do even though like I said it's kind of hard to just throw him into a new team like that the Bears uh I I can't I cannot say whether they should pick up uh Russell or not because that's that's a tough thing to think about Mitch Trubisky can play very good he can play very bad same thing with Nick Foles very good very bad you really don't know Nick Foles Super Bowl champion you go off whenever he wants same with Mitch Trubisky I mean he's not a Super Bowl champion but he was a good college quarterback and I mean he was drafted in front of some very good quarterbacks, you know, some MVP quarterbacks who, you know, I don't even have to name. So he's not a bad quarterback. He's just got to play like he's that good quarterback every week rather than playing like garbage one week and then play, having like two good games and then we're like, "Oh, we're back on the Mitch train." And then just losing. Just losing his mind, throwing useless interceptions, uh just blowing games. And that could that could fall on his coach too that could fall on Nagy. he really he's not a good coach he really is not a good coach for Trubisky doesn't let him do what he wants doesn't let doesn't run the ball doesn't get the ball out of Trubisky's hands when he's not playing well so that I don't think Russell Wilson would fit in there don't think he'd fit in there for uh coach wise you know he's just he needs a very he needs a good coach and he's been playing in under Pete Carroll who's a very good coach and I think Pete Carroll really wants what's best for Russell Wilson which is nice now the Saints makes no sense to me I get it but I don't the Saints have zero cap space I'm pretty sure they're over their salary cap 
and they have Drew Brees, who I, I, I want him to retire because like he didn't have that great of a season. He got injured a lot, and I love Drew Brees, my favorite quarterback I think of all time. And they have Jameis to back him up, and Jameis deserves a shot, I believe. I can't believe he wasn't playing over Taysom Hill all season when Drew was hurt, but at the same time. Like I said, zero cap space, zero chance to get better because they had a good season, not a good draft position. So they can't afford him. They can't afford to pay him. And Russell Wilson isn't going to go play and not get paid. He deserves to get paid. He's had a, His track record shows he deserves to get paid. Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl. He's made numerous Super Bowl appearances. Should have won that one against, you know, should have won that one against the Patriots, but I guess you'll never know. And... Yeah, so overall, you you got to think about Russell Wilson's choices, and I think the best two for him are going to be the Cowboys and the Raiders. Now, with that being said, I think he's going to pull a J.J. Watt move, announce the teams that he's looking for, publicize what he's looking for, tell everyone, oh, I love these like three or four teams and then just completely throw a curveball and go back to some random team, maybe even the Seahawks. Maybe the Seahawks start treating him better and treat him like the Hall of Famer he is or he who he's going to be. There's no way he's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, you. I don't know what else to say. You got. I don't know what to do with Russell Wilson besides I think he should stay with Seattle, but if they're not treating him well, he should go elsewhere. And the Cowboys and Raiders, best option out of the choices he gave. Other than that, I really don't know. I could see him going to other places, but I, a lot of teams have just gotten new young quarterbacks that they really don't want this older quarterback to come in and mess up what they've started to build. So that was the trade talk. I think that was a pretty good extensive trade talk. And if, uh, you know, if you want more inf- information, look it up. It's very easy to find, and it's it's fun to uh, hear about if you love football because you've been watching these guys play. You respect people like Russell Wilson. You respect people like J.J. Watt. And you just learn about where what they're doing, where they're going, and all of that. So now let's transition to some FCS, some college football. Now, I, I don't really know much about the FCS. If you want me, want me to be completely honest, I just know about Deion Sanders coaching at Jackson State University an HBCU, which is, it's great for that, you know, that sort of college, the HBCU community, because having someone as big of a name as Deion Sanders, a Hall of Famer, prime time, and then having him come to an HBCU, a smaller, you know, FCS, he doesn't get as much money to work with, doesn't give enough recruiting, and still recruiting five-star athletes. Like, athletes are switching their schools to come play for uh, Deion Sanders because they know Deion Sanders plays at the highest level and he's going to make them play at the highest level. He's going to have no choice. Uh, you know, they're going to have no choice whether to play at the highest level or the lowest level because he's going to make them go 110%, 100% of the time. Now, his first win was unreal. I forget the school's name. Edward Waters yeah Edward Waters I believe they blew them out Jackson State beat them 53 to nothing I don't know if this was 
his coaching or if it was like, oh, you know, Jackson State's just that much better, that much better. And this was what made me laugh. This was very funny to me was that after that blowout, the the coach of Edward Waters, let me see if I'm getting that right. Yeah, Edward Waters completely got, he got completely fired. He got fired from his job as a coach because he lost to Deion Sanders in his coaching debut 53 to nothing. Now that would suck. You're playing Deion Sanders. You're like, oh, I love this guy. I grew up watching him. He was my hero. And then he costs you your your life. Coaching must have been this guy. It was his passion probably. And now Deion Sanders just ruined it, which is it's so funny to me that he just like he just comes in there, bullies this team, and then costs this guy his job. And now I'll, I can see that happening a lot because Deion Sanders is a football guy. He does not believe in oh, like, this game is getting out of hand. Let's, you know, let's slow it down a little bit. I mean, beat this team 53 to nothing in the first game of his coaching debut. You know, you can't <laughs> you can't really expect him to lay off after competing at the highest level for so many years and being the best at the highest level. And, you know, he he's just going to be one of those guys who's good I think they're going to dominate the FCS just because he's going to recruit more, even with the lesser amount of money, which he's spoken out about. He's spoken out about how all these D1, like huge, you know, Power 5 conference get all these scholarship money, get all this scholarship money that they can just give out. They give out to players that, um, that might, that, you know, might not even have a shot at the NFL, but now they do. And he was complaining, which makes perfect sense, was that these kids who are going to these hbcu colleges these smaller fcs conference uh colleges are not getting the same opportunities they really aren't they're not getting as much money they're not you know you're not paying these kids to come play football so they can't come play football they can't afford to go to college and these kids are unreal athletes i mean 53 to nothing in any sport or in any any level of football is a blowout it's just an utter blowout and that just comes from athletes and good coaching. So why can't they get the same amount of compensation as Power 5 conference? And you can yell and complain about, oh, they're not making much money. They're not bringing the fans in. But, I mean, they can bring the fans in. If they got those athletes that all these big D1 schools are like Power 5 conference are getting, then they'd be performing just as well because they have just the same athletes. They just can't afford to go... To all these big schools and they're not getting drafted that's the crazy part they're not getting drafted because they don't go to alabama lsu clemson mississippi state texas tech all these huge colleges they're not going there so they're not getting noticed and it's like time to wake up to that realization that we need to get better representation from smaller division one football because these i mean even division two II, division three football i know people that should be in the nfl i've seen them play and i'm like these guys are unreal their work ethic they're coming from the ground up they they're giving no money and they're just working so hard to get to that higher level and they can't because they're not getting noticed because they're not getting as much money they're not going to a bigger school because they can't afford it that's like the saddest thing i've ever heard because it's just people who want to play football who are passionate about football and it's it's terrible to see so that was my little rant about that and i hope you guys agree with me because that 
I think that's just a problem right now. And I know it's not going to be fixed. It's not a huge problem because kids are still playing football, but it would be nice to see just a little help for them. You know, they're still working hard. They're still waking up at 2, 3, 4 in the morning to start their workouts to win the next game and get noticed. They're trying to get noticed. So I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Like I said, a little shorter, so I'm sorry about that, but it is just me. I'm trying to get more people to come on and maybe I can get some interviews or something like that. But my school, unfortunately, does not have football, so there's not many people that actually enjoy watching it like I do. So I think I'm going to leave it off there. Thank you guys so much for watching. Remember to like this and do whatever you want. Recommend it to your friends, download it, do whatever you want. I really appreciate all the support. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Tackling the Gridiron. Thank you very much. I hope to see you guys all next week.